When she was in high school, Rachel Weeks enjoyed English literature, particularly writing, but she also liked math and science. It was an English teacher who suggested a career like engineering, where she could do both. With a degree in aerospace engineering and partway through a master's, Rachel now works as a systems test engineer with United Launch Alliance. She uses a lot of math and science, and she writes a lot, procedures and steps. And Rachel, who grew up in Orlando, has a personal connection to her work. Just being able to like watch the space shuttle launches from my backyard as a kid, and now I get to work in the location where it all happened back then, it has been amazing. And that's kind of like why I chose to go into the space industry. Rachel is currently working on the Mars 2020 project, which involves landing Perseverance rover on the Martian surface. Rachel is convinced that humans will be on Mars within her lifetime. Yes, definitely. Um, just go, going based off like what the space industry is doing right now, um, we should, we're aiming to have uh, be sending astronauts to Mars in the 2030s. So, um, so I think it's definitely going to happen within our lifetime. Um, I don't know what extent and what they're going to find out there and um, you know how far we'll get, but I think it's definitely going to happen. On this episode of Run It Like a Girl, Rachel talks about her role as marketing director at Reinvented Magazine, a nonprofit printed publication aimed at women in STEM by women in STEM. Rachel Weeks on this episode of Run It Like a Girl. So tonight I'm uh, pretty excited because I get the chance to sit down and have a chat with Rachel Weeks, who is a system test engineer at United Launch Alliance. Rachel, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to sit down and chat with us today. Thank you so much, Bonnie. I'm so excited to be talking to you all today about women in STEM. I think it's incredible, and I, I think it's so exciting what you do. And, and you know, um, I'm sure you get that all the time when you hear someone that has a, a degree in aerospace engineering. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. And you're based in Florida, right? Yes, I, uh, I live in Melbourne, Florida, and I work at Cape Canaveral um, Air Force Station, which is, um, if you guys all know, it's where basically space industry was born. So it's very fun. It's very nice to work out here. Um, it's definitely a big hub for engineering. That is super cool. So let's start uh, with your background. So obviously, we mm -hmm. just said you, you have your degree in aerospace engineering, uh, currently working on your master's. Did you always know this was the path you were going to take? Was STEM always something you were interested in? How did it happen for you? Definitely not. Um, so when I was growing up, I had a lot of different interests. Like I was one of those, those kids that was like, oh, I want to be an actress. I want to be a psychologist. I want to uh, do whatever. So um, when I was in high school, I was actually interested in pursuing English literature. And also I was very good at like psychology. Um, so I, but I was also taking calculus and uh, physics, like upper level um, advanced placement courses. So I had a, um, my English teacher, she came up to me and, and I was talking to her and I told her, well, I'm really good at, at math, but I love English as well. I love to write. And she told me, well, you can do both, you know, you can become an engineer and you can still do uh, procedure writing because that's also a big thing um, in the engineering world as well. And that's just so funny because now in my position, I do a lot of procedure writing. So it's nice that I can kind of um, mix my two interests together. Um, but when I was in high school, I picked engineering 
And then I decided, well, what kind of engineering did I want to pursue? Um, I chose aerospace engineering because growing up in Orlando, um, I would always watch the space shuttle launches um, from my house. I could stand outside of my backyard and see it going up in the distance and stuff. Pretty cool. So, yeah, it was super cool. So um, just being able to, like, watch the space shuttle launches from my backyard as a kid, and now I get to work in the location where it all happened back then it has been amazing and that's kind of like why i chose to go into the space industry that's pretty interesting um so now uh as you mentioned you're a systems test engineer for united launch alliance so um one uh what what does that actually mean and what what does a day in the life of of you look like so um, it's really just depends on like which system you're working on. Um, I am on the payloads team. So that means that we are in charge of taking our payload um, for the launch, whether it's a satellite, um, a space vehicle, or a rover. For example, right now we're doing Mars 2020. So we're doing the Perseverance rover. Um, so we take the payload and we prepare it for launch. So we put it we, we encapsulate it in our fairings. We put it on the very top of the rocket. And that is the system that I'm in charge of. Um, we also have other positions um, within the company. But for the systems test engineer position, I do a lot of procedure writing, um, a lot of paper. So we're going through a procedure each and every day. This is what we're working to. So the engineers are in charge of preparing that paper, writing out those steps, making sure that they're technically accurate. And then we feed that information to our technicians um, and they perform the actual physical labor. Um, But my technicians, they're so experienced. They're all dads and they have like 30 years of of experience. So half the time they don't even need me, but it's honestly, it's a lot of fun. It's very interesting. And I get to see a lot of different space missions go through. So that's pretty cool. So you were mentioning one Mars 2020. What is that? Um, so that is a uh, rover that is being made by JPL um, with NASA, and they are sending the rover uh, to Mars just to like collect samples of the Mars environment and send them back to Earth just to make sure to see if it's going to be inhabitable. So how does it feel to know that something that you had helped have helped make is going to be on Mars? <laughs> It's crazy. Honestly, it's it's amazing. Like I'm I'm so excited. It's going to take a while for it to actually be there, actually get to Mars and then send the samples back. But I know like, you know, I'm going to be older and I'm going to say, you know what, back when I was 24 years old, I helped make that happen. So it's very awesome. And there's actually this picture going around um, of Mars 2020. It's our fairings with the, you know, the Mars logo and um, says JPL on it, NASA and everything. And you could see me, if you look at the picture, you can see me in the ver- very corner wearing my big clean room bunny suit. And I, I the picture keeps going around. And I point out, I'm like, guys, that's that's me over there in the corner. It's <laughs> just me standing, like, just looking very, like, bored, just looking <laughs> off in the distance. But it's so cool having that picture there because I can say, like, that was me. I helped make that happen. So Yeah, that's incredible. I'm going to ask you a totally wild question out, out of out of left field, but do you think within your lifetime someone will make it to Mars? Yes, definitely. Um, just go, going based off, like, what the space industry is doing right now, um, we should, we're aiming to have, uh, be sending astronauts to Mars in the 2030s. So, um I can actually talk about this later on, but I got to interview a potential, not potential, an aspiring astronaut named Alyssa Carson. She's, I think she's 18 years old and she is trying to become 
the first person to Mars. So I think it's definitely going to happen within our lifetime. Um, I don't know what extent and what they're going to find out there and, um, you know, how far we'll get, but I think it's definitely going to happen. Super cool. Holy. Mm-hmm. hope it's my lifetime too. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, something else is, I think is interesting because obviously you're in the STEM field um, and you're a woman, which is, is, is really great. And there's a lot of different kind of initiatives out there to try to get more, you know, young women and then women into these kind of fields. And so mm-hmm. you're the marketing director at Reinvented Magazine, um, which yes. is aimed as STEM magazine. I would love for you to tell us a bit about the magazine and, and what it, what it's all about. Yeah, so um, we are actually the nation's first nonprofit uh, print magazine for women in STEM, also made by women in STEM. Um, so my friend from college, um, her name's Kaylee Looney. She is the editor-in-chief and um, CEO of Reinvented Magazine. And growing up, she was always reading fashion magazines. And then eventually, she just kind of like grew out of it and was like, well, I want this isn't interesting to me anymore. I want to learn about science and math and like coding and stuff like that. So that's kind of what her idea was to, to she, that was what spawned um, your invented magazine. So um, our team is very special because our team consists of high schoolers, college students, and also full-time professionals like me. And we all work together um, to make this magazine what it's all about. So um each we're a quarterly magazine, so you know every three months we release one, um, and we we focus on a woman in STEM. Um, so that way, that the issue four I wrote about Alyssa Carson, the aspiring astronaut, and then we also have like do-it-yourself activities, um, historical events. Um, we feature like historical women, um, so that's kind of what we focus on. And also a big thing that we do is we have a one for one program. So for every um, for every magazine that's purchased, we donate a physical copy to a a girl in need um, that wouldn't have. Yeah, that wouldn't have access to um, like digital resources or, um, you know, that wouldn't have um, access to STEM resources. So, wow, that's incredible. That's really great. Um, So uh, interested, actually, also in your thoughts on what do you think needs to be done to get more uh, girls and and young women Mm -hmm. to go into a STEM field? So um, in Reinvented Magazine, we have this saying, it's, it's, if you can't see it, you can't be it. So we know growing up, um, girls want to see what they can be. So if they're not seeing women in STEM, they're not going to think to themselves, oh, I can be a woman in STEM too. So our whole thing is just to make it very clear that um, you can be a woman and you can be cool and pretty and you can still be a woman in STEM because I think that's what a lot of young girls think. They think, oh, I'm going to be called a nerd if I like science. And you can you can do both, honestly. So um, we just try we kind we kind of try to provide that visibility so girls know that it's possible to to be what you want to be. That's really awesome. And, you know, it's interesting. Uh, we had a guest, I think it was in season one, um, Hazel Barton. She's a, a microbiologist and a caver. So mm-hmm. she spends a lot of her time oh. underground, which is kind of cool. But uh, she talked about the beginning of her career. She was afraid to show that she was a woman, right? Like she was afraid to yeah. you know, wear dresses or high heels or things like that because mm-hmm. it was such a male-dominated uh, industry that she she thought she needed to do that in order to fit in. Um, and yeah. Then, and now, of course, she doesn't care about any of that and, and she is who she is. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's so interesting that you say that you wonder if that is, you know, part of the reason um, 
that we don't get as many uh, young girls and women going into STEM STEM fields. And uh, and you're right. Like, if you can't see it, how do you know that you can mm-hmm. be it? So I yeah. That's just so funny that you mentioned the whole uh, looking like a woman and still being in STEM because I, at work, I have to wear a hard hat and I have to wear steel toe boots. So when I finally bought my steel toe boots, I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy some really cute ones. So there's this company called Xena Workwear. They make super cute steel toe uh, shoes. And I bought them and all the all my, my technicians are always telling me, whoa, those are some cool boots you got there. And then I just bought um, a purple shiny hard hat as well because I didn't want an ugly white one. So, so I'm so excited. They don't know I, I bought the hard hat yet. So I'm excited to wear it this weekend when I go into work. That's awesome. That's awesome. Good yeah. for you. Um, so I'd love to talk for a minute about mentorship. You know, we hear a lot about mm-hmm. mentorship and the important role that that can play in people's career development. Just wondering if over, uh, you know, in, in your high school or college, in professional life, have there been mentors that have kind of helped you um, – through your career journey? So in terms of STEM, I don't think there really has been any like dominant um, mentors in my life. Um, I always tell people that my, my role model is my mom. So she is a, um, she's a elementary school teacher. So when I got to the sixth grade and I started learning about like integers, she, she told me, Oh, this is the point where, where I can't help you with math anymore. Um, so, you know, she, she knows, a, she knows a little bit about like science and everything, but uh, only up to a point. And sometimes she doesn't understand like what I'm telling her when I'm talking about my job and stuff, but she is like my number one supporter. Like she did, she's like, I have no idea what you're talking about, honey, but like, that is so cool that you're passionate about that. And also um, ever since I've been involved in Green Vents Magazine, she started like introduce, introducing her students, or, like her female students, her young girls to STEM as well. Because mm-hmm. um, I actually went into her, her class and I presented to them about like my job. And we did some like space, uh, like a space lesson and stuff like that. So um, my mom has been really great at like getting involved. And she's like, you know, this is my daughter. She's involved in STEM. You guys can do it too. And they're so cute. And they, they love it. So um, my mom is kind of like my mentor. And then she is also helping me mentor other young girls. So it's been, it's been great. Yeah. That's, that is really awesome. And, and I love that you're now mentoring uh, young girls who are, who are coming up. That must be a a great experience for you and a good feeling to be able to, uh, to do that. Yeah, definitely. They're so great. And like, honestly, um, in Reinvented Magazine, we have a lot of high schoolers and they are amazing. Like, I don't know. I wish I was like that when I was in high school. A lot of them are involved in first robotics and coding. And a lot of them are going to college at like Stanford, Cornell. And I look at them like, wow, I wish I had that much initiative when I was in high school because I did not, I cannot compare. Um, So just being in Reinvented Magazine, I feel like I'm mentoring, but I'm also being mentored because they have, these girls have so much knowledge and it's insane. So that's awesome. (laughs) It's really fun. And, you know, I, I think that all the time when I think about the energy that, um, young people seem like young people, like high school students or, uh, even college seem to have, have now and, and everything that they can do. Um, and even just the opportunities Mm -hmm. are like my, uh, my nine-year-old's taking a coding class over the summer and things like that. Things that like, like I would never have, uh, you know, I was outside, 
picking frogs and, and, you know, playing in the dirt when I was his age. But uh, it's neat that there's all these different kind of opportunities now for, um, for kids and young adults to, uh, to just, you can do whatever you want. You don't have to wait until you're done college or you're in college to do these things anymore. You can be doing them right now. I wish I could do a rewind and go back into high school and because I had a robotics uh, class or a robotics club when I was in high school, but I didn't, I was like, eh, I don't know if I'm interested in that. But now looking back, I wish I had done it because it's, it would have been really fun, I think. And a lot of the girls on our teams are always talking about apps that they're designing. Uh, Um, Like one is designing an app that is like you take a questionnaire and it tells you like, uh, signs of depression like if you could possibly be depressed and it's like I would I would never have thought of that so it's it's um fantastic seeing these girls grow and I'm really interested in like looking and looking forward and seeing how how they grow into their STEM roles throughout college and into full-time professional um, careers. That's so. very cool. And this kind of like, maybe this is something you'll say in the next question, next question. I'm not sure, but this is a question we <laughs> ask all of our guests and every answer is kind of the same, kind of different. It's, it's, I love this one, but it's basically if you could go back into time anytime you wanted and sit down and have lunch with yourself when you're that age, um, mm-hmm. what would you say? What kind of advice and conversation would you have with yourself? Yeah. So when I was in college, there was a time it was my soft end of my sophomore year where I was really doubting myself. Um, and like my aerospace engineering degree, I was wondering if I was good enough to do it because I had some really bad grades at the end of my sophomore year. And I thought to myself, should I, should I switch into something easier? Um, but I didn't, I actually just, I excelled and I uh, got through it and I graduated and everything. So I think if I could talk to a younger version of myself, I would definitely tell her like to keep her head up and just know that you can do it because now I'm working on my master's degree and I'm thinking maybe it just need maybe my brain just needed more time to develop to like learn about these things. And I think that's the thing about people these days that they want to learn something, but they want to learn something so quick. And you have to realize that your brain is developing and you have to, you know, do repetition to like really understand like some subjects. So I think I would just tell myself like, take, slow down, take a breath. You can get through this because you will. Um, And honestly, I'm doing exactly what I want to do now with my life. So um, I was able to get through it. That's great. That's incredible. Um, (laughs) That's awesome. Um, I think perseverance, I think it's so funny too, is people can, you know, you can get so frustrated when something's not coming to you or you're not, you're having trouble learning Mm -hmm. it, but, but you're right. Like um, just because you, you maybe the first time it didn't go as well, doesn't mean that the second, third and fourth time you're not going to be able to, to understand what it is that you're trying to learn. When I was in high school, I took advanced placement physics and I was so bad at physics, did not understand anything about it. And then four years later, took it in college, did so much better with it. Still wasn't amazing at it, but much better than I was with it in high school. So I think it was just, you know, I, I needed my tiny my brain to like figure it out. And sometimes it's good to like go over the, those subjects a couple of times because I mean, you can't expect to learn anything on the first round, you know, it's, especially things like, like physics. That's, it's hard. It's not easy. So, <laughs> so I don't know what I was expecting when I was in high school. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, absolutely. I, I understand that, but uh, I've never been uh, great at any of the, um, especially math. Math was always a challenge and my son, it comes uh, fairly easy to him. And I just, mm-hmm. I already can't help him and he's in 
he's going into grade six and he's in this math. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I can barely do it. Took me so long, but I also believe that they are learning it differently than I learned it when I was in school. I think that they, yeah. they teach differently now, <laughs> but that's okay. They have so yeah, the methods that they're teaching. <laughs> I honestly don't even know if I could like learn that method. And I, I would just go back to my calculator and just do my time tables. And I don't know what methods they're teaching nowadays. It's crazy. It's just a bit interesting. Um, so that's kind of the wrap on our informal questions. But we have this other part that's just called the fast three. So it's basically just three mm-hmm. questions just to get some information uh, from you on what you're doing, reading things like that. Um, so I'll just start. And the first question is, what is your favorite podcast or source of information? Okay, so for all things space, I love Spaceflight Now because they cover all the current space missions. So um, definitely spaceflightnow.com. Um, I also, in terms of podcasts, I like to listen to Science Friday and Planetary Radio. So basically all the very nerdy uh, science uh, podcasts. Super cool. And what are you currently reading? Um, I'm currently reading The Only Woman in the Room, but um, it's a book about Hedy Lamar. If you uh, don't know who she is, she is a um, Austrian-American actress who invented uh, and pioneered technology that like formed the basis for today's Wi-Fi and GPS. Um, so it's basically just a book about how um, she was kind of involved with uh, World War II. She had a like, connection with that and um, just how she she was an actress. So everyone assumed just because she was beautiful, she couldn't be smart as well. But mm-hmm. so that's a very interesting book. And it's a firsthand, firsthand account of her experiences. So I would definitely recommend it. It's uh, the only woman in the room. Awesome. And who is currently inspiring you? Um, I mentioned her a couple of times during this uh, podcast recording, but uh, Alyssa Carson. So she is a 18 year old aspiring astronaut. I got to interview her for issue four of Reinvented Magazine. And she is amazing. Um, she's so mature and she's honestly such a role model, role model for young girls. So um, she's inspiring me right now as well. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, well, Rachel, I just want to, I want to thank you for taking time out of uh, what I'm sure is a crazy week for you um, to, yeah, it is. <laughs> to spend some time with us and tell us about yourself. It's been really awesome. So thank you so much for joining us for an episode. Right, thank you so much, Bonnie. It was a great time. Thank you. Run It Like a Girl is hosted by Bonnie Moak. Brian Long is the producer. Web design and technical assistance provided by Dan Moak. And music courtesy of the talented Brooklyn Gillichuk. <laughs>